Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> Today's episode of The Other Stories is Adrian, written by Georgia Cook and narrated by Josh Curran. Oh, shit. Victor jolted backwards as the jar slipped from his fingertips, splattering the floor with glass shards and greyish-brown ink. The liquid immediately began to soak into his shoes, shimmering like spilled oil in the laboratory gloom. Victor leant against the workbench with a groan. He should sleep. He knew he should sleep. But everyone else had gone home, and someone had to monitor the body. He'd have to be more careful. The trough in front of him rose to waist height, stretching across the lab. Chemical waters sloshed to the rim, surrounding the specimen's shining grey flesh. The method of preservation was a laborious task. Work had to be undertaken quickly, section by section, forever conscious of the race against putrefaction. For smaller specimens, the job could be done in a matter of hours, but for the larger corpses... Victor met the creature's sightless white eye. Oh, yeah, you and me both, he muttered. His phone chirped. Victor pulled off his gloves and answered it. Yeah? Neve's voice bustled down the line. So, we ran the ink samples by the Edinburgh Labs. Victor eyed the mess still spreading across the tiles. What did they say? Inconclusive. Oh, fuck. Inconclusive currently. This could be good news, Nick. We may be looking at an entirely new breed. You realise we're almost done prepping the body, right? 
But you've extracted both ink sacks. Of course, but we need to know what we're dealing with. Victor sighed. Oh, we spent so much damn money on this thing. I can only make them go so fast. I know, I know. Victor eyed the floating monstrosity, its fleshy limbs glimmering like spoiled cheese, the barbed hooks on its suckers twinkling like tiny needles. Look, I'm on my way down. We can wait this out together. Neve, it's nearly two o'clock in the morning. Since when has that stopped you? Victor opened his mouth to retort, but stopped himself. He'd been here almost twelve hours already. Even Dr. Waring had gone home. I'm fine. There was a shuffling sound on the other end, as if Neve were rummaging through her handbag. Traffic isn't too bad at this time of night. I'll be ten minutes, tops. Neve arrived exactly half an hour later. Victor met her in the collection foyer. Can I see it? was the first thing she asked. Hello to you too. Come on, the whole department's talking about it. Victor sighed. He and Neve had studied together, graduated together, occupied the same bizarre world of anthrozoology. But where Neve had scaled the heights of biochemical composition, Victor had descended to the basement archives of the London Spirit Collection. Two different worlds. They rode the lift down in silence. The doors slid open, and Victor led the way through an endless warren of tall, dark shelving units. I always wondered how you could stand this place, Neve whispered. I work here. Yeah, but look at it. I mean, really, look at it. All around them, specimens floated in jars of briny grey liquid. Lizards and insects, birds and fish, row upon row, scales flashed eyes gazed sightlessly. Victor shrugged. It's just, you know. He waved a hand. Dead stuff. Yeah, because that makes it so much better. They reached the specimen prep lab, sequestered away at the back of the archive. Victor flicked on the lights and ushered Neve inside. Yesterday's acquisition lay in its trough, vast and tangled. Neve suppressed a gasp. Masonicatuthus rex. An offshoot of the Masonicatuthis Hamiltoni giant squid, dredged three days ago from the Atlantic Ocean after almost bludgeoning a fishing vessel. A frenzied bidding war for the corpse had ensued between various institutes, finally won by the Natural History Museum's spirit collection. Hello, you. Neve whispered, crouching to peer into the octopus's vast blank eye. Hello. Adrian. She glanced up. What? The lab guys named him Adrian. (laughs) And here I thought you'd developed a sense of humour. Neve stood, brushing herself down and moved to the workbench, where the remaining jars of brackish liquid sat in their secure storage box. Ah, she grinned. Our elusive ink. Victor winced. He'd cleaned up the worst of the earlier spill, but tiny pieces of glass still glinted beneath the workbench. Oh, it's amazing, Neve whispered. You know, we found the usual trace elements in here. Melanin, tyrosine, a handful of amino acids. And? And, 
something else. We think it's linked to the octopus's natural defense systems, a secondary component to the ink. Like what? Neve shrugged. With these deep-sea species? Who knows? That's what we're trying to determine. She paused suddenly, glancing at the laboratory door. Did you hear that? Hear what? Nothing. I just... She shook her head. Oh, Christ, this place gives me the creeps. Mm. Victor turned back to his workbench. There were still several feet of octopus left to go. Its huge, dappled head, complete with sightless eye and snapping beak, knee flinched. I heard it again. Just the air filtration system. No, I really heard something. What did it sound like? Neve went pink. Victor sighed. Neve, come on. It, it sounded like glass, she said. Breaking glass. Now it was Victor's turn to stare. Oh, come off it. I'm being serious. Victor glanced at the doors, beyond the frosted glass. The archive shelving rose in towering silhouettes. Look, stay here, okay? I'll go check. Neve nodded. Victor stepped outside, listening hard. He shivered. Neve was right. There was something off about the spirit collection at night. The lab at any time was a cold, sterile place, sharp with formaldehyde and antique dust. But at midnight, it acquired an air of strange menace. Away from the confines of the prep room, it seemed as if the storage space went on forever, winding back and back into pitch-black corridors, splintering like the roots of some vast underground mushroom. Had he seen something scuttle out of sight, just around the bend? A shape in the darkness, hunched and sinewy. Victor shook himself. He'd been awake too long. Neve's unease was getting to him. He rounded a corner, approaching the section built to house the larger specimens. Dogs and cats stared blindly as he passed. Possums and rabbits hung in their liquid prisons. A tiny pig, its skin a bloated grey, swirled on a lower shelf. Victor paused. A mess of shattered glass covered the floor up ahead. Several gaps in the surrounding shelves suggested the culprits. What on earth? Victor picked his way cautiously towards it, something niggling at the back of his mind, worse than the prospect of damaged specimens. It was only as he reached the mess that he realized, where were the bodies? Victor froze. He'd heard it too. The tinkle of broken glass, followed by the pitter-patter of scampering footsteps. Hello? He whispered. Is anyone there? A sound answered him, almost too soft to discern, scuffling footsteps just beyond the next shelf. Victor steeled himself. I'm calling security. You shouldn't be here. A second sound, closer now. The scratching grew louder, then a third somewhere behind him, a symphony of scratches and scrabbles filling the archive. Victor stood, transfixed. A yelp from behind broke his trance. Neve stumbled into view, wide-eyed and frantic. Victor! She gasped. Something! I, I saw! She stared at the mess on the floor. What happened? Uh, I don't know, Victor managed. Neve, I think someone's down here. Neve nodded. Something moved. I thought it was you, but I couldn't... Her voice dropped to a terrified whisper. 
I thought I heard something tapping on the glass. Come on. Victor started forward. Back upstairs, we have to call... Something shifted in the shadows. Victor caught a flash of what might have been bone, might have been scales. Another crash broke the silence. Then another, closer this time. Neve whimpered. Victor grabbed her arm. Come on. The lift lay ahead at the end of the corridor, lit by a low red light. They sprinted towards it, head ducked against the scattering glass. Victor jabbed the call button. Come on, come on. Nothing moved beyond the doors. No rumble or whir of distant machinery. The lift was dead. Neve grabbed his arm. Where are the stairs? She whispered. Opposite end of the archive. They both turned, staring into the darkness, listening to the distant shatter of glass. The lab. We can lock ourselves in. Call for help. Neve nodded. They stumbled back the way they'd come. Glass crunched underfoot. The floor glittered with spilled chemicals. Almost no jars remained intact. Things shifted in the darkness. Neve let out a gasp. Something crouched on the tiles up ahead. Its battered wings folded like leather umbrellas. Its spindly legs worn down to the bone. But that's not possible, Victor whispered. Nesoclopius Posiloptorus. The bar-winged rail, extinct for centuries, stared up at them, its eyes glimmering like cut glass. It was alive. It was bloody alive. Victor, Neve whispered. Victor turned. Creatures of all shapes and sizes surrounded them in the shadows. Rats and monkeys, spiny birds and slithering sea creatures glimmering like freshly unearthed treasures amassing in a vast, twitching huddle. They seemed hesitant to approach, adjusting to their newfound freedoms, but their eyes were fixed forward, drawn by a terrible determination. Victor and Neve edged backwards. What if it's the ink? Neve whispered suddenly. The what? The ink. What if this is the octopus's defense mechanism? Victor tried to laugh, strangled and hysterical. What? It brings things to life? Or controls them somehow, like an ant hive? I don't. The words lodged in Victor's throat. He couldn't explain to her what he thought, that all the hours spent down here toiling away, meticulously adding to the collection of floating bodies. Wasn't there something so inevitable about all this? A retribution of the unconsenting dead. Every tiny lost life preserved forever in the ultimate humiliation. One of the corpses jerked forward, snapping Victor into action. The lab. Come on. He snatched Neve's arm, dragging her down a branching passageway. The shadows squirmed, alive with gnashing teeth and scratching claws, desiccated throats twitching in muffled growls. Victor! Neve skidded on the wet tiles, her hand flying from Victor's grip. The specimens were on her in seconds. They clung to her arms, her legs, beaks snapping, tiny jaws filled with needle teeth, smelling of formaldehyde and ancient chemicals. Victor stared, half paralyzed. Then he turned and ran. Neve's yell followed him down the corridor, lost in a sea of skittering whispers. Victor, please! Up ahead, the prep room, Victor flung himself inside, his heart pounding. 
The door slammed shut, muffling the screams. The laboratory lay ahead of him, horribly still. A layer of greyish-brown liquid sloshed across the floor, as if someone had recently heaved themselves out of an overflowing bath. Victor edged forward, his heart pounding. The specimen trough lay ahead of him, still and silent. He already knew what he'd see when he peered over the lip, but the sight still forced a whimper from his throat. The trough was empty. Adrian was gone. Hysteria twisting Victor's gut. He could run. He could run now, force his way through the mass of animated bodies, battle into the street, call for help, call for anyone. Something shifted in the darkness at the back of the lab. Shadows twisted across the ceiling. Behind the door, the skittering of a thousand water-bloated bodies grew louder. Victor closed his eyes. He was trapped here, trapped with the long dead. A defense mechanism, Neve had called it. A protective measure secreted by the octopus's elusive ink. Victor had splashed it on his shoes, splattered the lab floor. He'd tracked it across the archive into a sea of perfectly preserved specimens. Adrian's own private army ripe for reanimation, which only left... Victor suppressed a whimper, pressing himself against the door as one sound rose to consume the rest. The wet slap, slap, slap of something vast and vengeful, half paralysed, dragging itself toward him, inch by inch across the laboratory floor. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. Adrian was written by Georgia Cook, narrated by Josh Curran, edited by Carl Hughes of music by Andrew K.N. and Tom Robson, and sound effects provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. A quick thanks to our community managers Joshua Boucher and Jasmine Arch, and to Carolyn O'Brien for helping with our submission reading, and of course to Ben Errington for saving social media planet Earth under his superhero name Content America <laughs> so stupid Georgia Cook is an illustrator and writer from London she's the winner of the LISP 2020 Flash Fiction Prize and has been shortlisted for the Bridport Prize Staunch Book Prize and Reflex Fiction Award among others she can be found on Twitter at, at Georgia Cooked and on her website at georgiacookwriter.com Josh Curran is a narrator and writer. He's narrated many episodes of the other stories over the show's lifetime. He's also the creator of the horror audio drama podcast, Miscreation. And you can follow him on Twitter at at jcurranwriter. The other stories is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means, share the hell out of it. Until next time. <laughs>